You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Working in front of the goal, a shot, they score! Bunting in front of the net! Finding some skating room in the neutral zone and across the line, scores! From well out top of the circle! Rather into the slot, a shot, scores! A.J. Greer, of all people! And the Bruins have a 3-2 lead. Toronto centering pass, Matthews in! Scores! Holy Mackinac, what a move! Matthews goes backhand to forehand and sends it up an elevator shaft to the roof of the net. To the point of drive, scores! Matt Grizzlick from the blue line blasts one in behind Murray with a minute 16 to go and the Bruins have the lead. Happy Monday, everybody. Leafs Lynch on TSN 1050. Julia Tesheri and Mike DiStefano with you. The sun is back in the greater Toronto area, AB, which yes. is a welcome sign. Were you just like kind of bouncing up and down the streets this weekend with the sun? Yeah, it's, it's funny how much you don't realize how much you miss it until Holy. it comes back and you're like, oh, wow, this, this is great. This is fantastic. Saturday morning, my roommate and I woke up. And literally went on the balcony for the first time in a while to have like our morning beverages. So I just good. enjoyed the sunlight. It was great. It was fantastic. I did enjoy it. Changes the game. Completely changes the energy. Because if you would have woken up on Sunday morning, woken up on Sunday morning rather, uh, to gray and rain and sleet and whatever the heck we had going on for 19 days in the GTA, <laughs> that last minute lost to the that Bruins. Was, that was like a legitimate statistic, though. Yes. Where there was like 19 straight days without sun in the city. Insane. Insane. But you ruined my statistic there. So Sunday oh, so. morning would have felt a lot worse coming off a very close yeah. loss to the Boston, Boston Bruins uh, had there not been a little bit of sun. And we're going to have Mike Johnson on in the next five minutes to talk about this a bit more. <laughs> but a very close one, A.B., but ultimately they drop it in regulation to the Boston Bruins. Look, I, you know, this was an interesting game because going into it, there was a lot of hype around it, obviously. And, and we came into it, we were talking about it on Friday, where if the Leafs want to make this a race, it's not much of one right now. But if they have any chance to make it a, a division race, they're going to have to win this game and pry those two points yeah. out of Boston's hands in Boston, where they just simply don't lose. One regulation loss all season long. It was a four-point game, the and they had just previously lost at home to Seattle, right. something that they don't do. They said, we had Sophia Yerkwitz uh, on on Friday. She said they don't lose two games in a row. Yeah, and uh, they did not lose nope. a second game in a row. Um, but, but what I kind of take from that game is more so... Uh, Toronto can can compete with the big dogs. I mean, we've always known this, but it really gets reaffirmed when you watch a game like that and you see, okay, they're there step for step. It's just those key costly mistakes throughout the game. And when you're taking on a team like the Boston Bruins, they make you pay for those mistakes. Thinking about uh, Morgan Riley on the first goal, just a complete muffin, you know, down up the middle, picked off, away it goes. Connor Timmins, backhand, away it goes the other way like just a couple of key mistakes and some costly turnovers and they shoot themselves in the foot but when you look at the game and you're watching it from a you know from a perspective where you're just saying okay are they at least 
Are they controlling play at times? Are they getting dominated? They weren't dominated at all. Did they dominate? No. I think it was a very even game. It was a great game. And that's what you want to see if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan is, okay, we can hang with them. Let's just cut down on the turnovers, and we might be able to compete in a seven-game series. Which, if they go and they finally win a round, we we already know. It's going to be Tampa, uh, Tampa, Toronto in the first round. If they can get past Tampa... They're going to play Boston in the second round. Yes, sir. Right? So it's, it's, it doesn't matter who. Eventually, you're going to have to play both of these teams if they want to make a, a Stanley Cup run. But I feel, I feel confident, not that they could you know, steamroll, but they can compete. A couple of bounces go their way. They cut down on the turnovers. I mean, that could have been a different, could diff, could have been a different ending. Yeah. It's funny. Last year, it was you, can, you could slay the king or you could slay the dragon. And this year, it sounds like en route to a Stanley Cup the Leafs are going to have to slay the king and the dragon if yeah. this is the year that they do it. I heard your arch nemesis, Luke Wilson, this morning on oh. with Jay, and he was talking about Super Wildcard Weekend, and shout out to my family home who are Leafs and Vikings fans, so Yikes. tough one in the Cherry House this weekend. But he said, and he was talking about football, but more games are lost in this league uh, than games are won, and I, I think it's safe to say that the Leafs lost that one. Oh, for sure. Just like I said, they they shot they just they shoot themselves in the foot. And when you're playing a team like Boston, they take advantage of those opportunities, yeah. right? And, and they made them pay. And ultimately, that was the difference in the game. They made one or two, maybe three more errors than Boston did, and Boston capitalized on those, and that's how they end up winning the game. Yes, yeah, so this is an interesting one. I don't know how to feel about it. You can't be mad because of such a well-thought game, but also an error from Tavares like that in the dying minutes. Right. Not something you want to see. Let's see what our TSN hockey analyst Mike Johnson thinks of the 4-3 loss to the Boston Bruins this weekend. MJ, how you doing? I am doing very well, guys. Hope you guys had a good weekend. Um, I don't know. Like It's funny because they played it was a good game. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's no they played hard, physical, it was intense. Austin Matthews comes back. He looks like he's you know, he's feeling better. He scores a beautiful goal. Um, you know, he was good in that game against a really tough opponent. But they lost, right? They lost a close one that they were right there at the end to, to get a point out of. Um, and that's disappointing. Um, you know, every team in the league basically loses to Boston that way uh, this year. But, yeah, I guess you would kind of feel mixed because they played well. But in the end, they weren't able to beat a really good team in a game that was there for them to get points out of. And that would be disappointing. Johnny, at what point can we start to kind of raise an eyebrow at, at Morgan Riley? He was on the ice for, for three goals the other night, made a couple costly turnovers. And he's got just one point at five-on-five five since returning um, back mm-hmm. in late December. You know, The eye test suggests that it's not going very well for him. What do the numbers say? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's been on for quite a few. Like, you know, the expected goals against uh, per minute has always been high. Uh, it's been high since he's come back, and... and yeah, it looks as though he's, he's he's continuing to work his way back to health. He doesn't look fully fit just yet, and now he may be physically fit, but there's you know there's the fitness aspect, there's the timing aspect of it, there's the confidence aspect of it, and it looks like as though he's still working through some of those things because like any I mean I, I did the game against Detroit last week, uh, which they lost, and like any good athlete who cares like he wants to do well right but when it's not going well for you and you're you're kind of chasing the game you actually the harder you try the less effective you look mm. and, and and especially for a defenseman and i'm watching morgan when i watch him now it seems like he's chasing plays 
to wrong spots on the ice. Like he's getting too far out to the board. He's getting too far up the ice. He's getting he's getting caught in bad spots, and and it's coming back and biting him. And when I watch him, maybe, and I watch him skate, Morgan Riley's always been a very good skater. Yeah, always been one of the real strengths of his game. And it looks right now like he's still half step slower than he usually is. And I'm not talking about getting old. I'm talking about he's just not healthy, or he's working his way back to health. That he's when he gets caught in these 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 places where he should not be, he's not being able to recover back to where he needs to get to um, as often or as quickly as he usually would. And so I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, he's struggling. Um, you're, you're right. And when I watch him, he looks like he is. But I think it's partially physical as well as kind of like mental incompetence. Yeah, and I guess like, not that I want to pit the two against each other, but when I look back on Morgan Miley's career, Every season at this point, it's, it seems like now there's there's an injury, whether it's to his back, his knee. Like there just seems to be a lot of injuries kind of piling up with this guy. I wonder if maybe if you look at Morgan Riley, like is is his best hockey behind him, and is that a problem for the Maple Leafs, knowing that he's got seven more years on this ticket at eight million bucks? Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess, like, loaded. Yeah, Holy God, I guess what I'm saying is like, it's Monday it morning. Doesn't really matter. That's where they are. Wow. Right, like, 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 are his best years behind him? I don't know. That's what that's what history tells us. You know, most NHL players forwards peak at like twenty three, defensemen peak at maybe twenty five. He's much older than that. So yeah, I mean, there was the odd aberration, but you know, maybe he's not one of them. But doesn't mean if you're not as good as you once were, it doesn't mean you're bad. I mean, he was really, really good at his very best. So he could just be good, and that would be okay. Is he going to provide great value at eight million dollars? I don't know. I mean, but that's where they are. He's not going anywhere with that contract anytime soon. So you figure out how to make it work. And, and I think, you know, just not, I don't want to pile on Morgan Riley, but like, he's always been a really like, elite, elite offensive defenseman. He has been an average to below average defensive defenseman. That's not new. That's not age. That's not injuries. That's just it. Like, and I think what you're seeing, though, A.B., is that when the offense isn't there, the defensive mistakes are more glaring, yeah. glaring or more um, scrutinized because you're not focusing. Well, yeah, he was on for two goals against, but he was also on for four goals for, right? But if it's just the goals against, you, you start looking at them more closely. So, it, you know, I think he has to try to age into an offensive defenseman, and, and ideally, the Leafs would be able to supplement him with guys who could kind of do some of the defensive work around him as he goes through this contract. Uh, Mark Masters tweeting right now from Leafs practice that Morgan Riley spent some time on the ice ahead of practice, just working on some skills and stuff. So he's he's getting in some extra time as he. Well, he cares. Yeah. Right? There's, there's no doubt about that. He cares about his, his own performance. He cares about the Leafs, about the city of Toronto. Like he is invested in this place and being good. He's got a lot of pride in his game. He's just yeah. He's just struggling a little bit right now. That is our TSN hockey analyst, Mike Johnson. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question I asked you earlier this year, and it, it kind of feels like a tired question, and, and one of the things that Sheldon Keefe snaps back to uh, when the top six is missing a certain je ne sais quoi, but he went back to Matthews, Bunting, and Marner in the third period mm-hmm. against the Boston Bruins. We all we all kind of assumed that eventually the band would get back together. Is it is it nearing time, MJ? Hmm. I, I I don't I don't know. I mean, like they just. I, I guess it's kind of what 
sort of cooled off for two and a half weeks after that great run. Um, So, you know, I guess that's kind of getting around the time where you'd want to switch back to maybe switch things up. And and I don't know what Austin's health-wise is and, like, maybe what Mitch does could help Austin right now if he's not 100% healthy as opposed to Willie. I don't know. But it's not like William Nylander hasn't been exceptional this year as well. So, um, yeah, I would say that this is about it. We always said very likely to reconnect at some point. Always said, you know, they're going to keep going until they're not winning or not producing, and then they'll make changes. Well, they're kind of not winning right now. They've hovered around 500 for 10 games or so, and now they can go back to a line that was as good as any line in the entire league last year at 5-on-5 five five and see if they can't uh, recreate some of the, the good stuff they had last year and for, for at times this year as well. Chat with Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst. Um, when we talk about we talk about Austin Matthews and how you know it's not that he hasn't played poorly this season. It's just that the goals aren't coming. They're not dropping nearly as much as they were last year. And you know he spent the last couple of days. He, he took the last couple of games off and looked kind of rejuvenated in that game against Boston. Scored a beautiful goal. Do you think that the second half of this season will look a lot better? for Austin Matthews, or do you expect for it to kind of be the same as it was in the first half? I expect it to be better because the numbers tell us they should be better. Hmm. I don't expect it to be 40 goals in his last 40 games, but can he get 27 in 40, whatever they have left, 38, 39? Um, Yeah, something like that. I I still think if you look at, you know, individual expected goals, scoring chances generated, he's still doing stuff quite similar to last year's numbers. He's just not scoring. Um, I don't know about his health thing. Like, I'm always curious because, like, he took, what, four days off? Yeah. Over the course of a season, if it's something that has been lingering for quite some time, and they, they alluded to the fact that it's been hanging around, whatever is bothering Austin Matthews has been bothering him for a bit, like, three or four days in which he practiced hard. It's not like he just took them off and, you know, did, did therapy. Like, he was on the ice doing stuff, shooting puck, skating. I'm curious how much better whatever was bothering him got in just four days, and will it be able to stay better if he's going to go right back and playing in the grind of every single day? So that health thing I, I do wonder about, but I yes, I expect him to be more productive, score more goals, um, have some games where he gets two or three or four, or whatever it might be, um, because he's played better than he has produced, given what you see from him historically. Yeah, and the other thing I haven't noted yet about Saturday night's game that I, I feel is a little bit of an asterisk on it, too. Austin Matthews was, was sick ahead of the game. McMahon didn't play because of illness. I'm seeing now Sandine is not at Leafs practice. So I think it's safe to say the Leafs are in that phase of the year where they got something ripping yeah. through the dressing yeah. room that's not doing anybody any favors right now. Every team has that right now, JT. Right. Like, it's amazing. Like, the Rangers missed a, a couple guys missed last game yesterday. Um, I guess the Canadians with, with illness and with... <laughs> You know, we, we all know about communicable disease, diseases the last couple of years. And when something, not COVID, but when like a flu goes through a room, yeah, because we're so close to each other and you're just around each other so tightly and working hard and breathing hard and, you know, sharing germs, um, it does go through quickly. So if the Leafs are dealing with that, that doesn't, that doesn't bode well. Because while it may be two or three guys not on the ice, you know a half dozen of the guys that are playing or are practicing, are probably feeling pretty crappy anyways. Yeah. They're just not, you know, not bad enough to miss time. So that's something to monitor as well. I can't even tell if you're talking about an NHL team playing or you and Gord calling games next to, to one another. You got it too right now? I feel like everybody had it a little bit after <laughs> World Juniors. Listen, 
I did. The last two games you saw me, I was hanging by a thread. I know. I feel you. I was like (laughs) crushing honey water and guzzling lozenges left and right. But I got through it. Uh, I'm kind of on the tail end of it. But uh, Gord had it before me. He probably gave it to me, and then I got it at the end. But, um, yeah, like it's – but it's – if anyone has kids who are in school, like so many children – and school school age children are kind of sharing it with this, this sickness. So um, yeah, hopefully they'll get through it and, and get back to 100 percent health and, and move forward. I got to be honest, I, I didn't real like I don't know if I'm fighting through something, but when I when we came on today and I went to go project, I was like, oh, my voice sounds different right now. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm getting the start of something too. But yeah, something's definitely going around. Uh, we're chatting with Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst. Just puberty. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. A little late. A little late, maybe. I don't Better know. Better late than never. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Johnny, what do you make of the reports of the holdup out in Vancouver? Uh, you know, Rick Tockett's name is, is being brought up now as, as the eventual <laughs> replacement to Bruce Boudreaux, but potentially might have to wait due to some TNT situation. I mean, what do you make of this entire situation? Like, I mean, if you're Bruce Boudreaux, like, how do you even feel at this point about what's going on? It's so, so unseemly. Like, listen, sports organizations have difficult moments. People don't get along, different agendas. People get fired. People get traded. It happens. But for Vancouver, so much stuff has happened this year and so much of it has been public. Like, listen, if you want to replace Bruce Boudreaux, you know, fine. Like, that is, that is the nature of it. And Bruce Boudreaux understands that. But to have it come out so publicly, where they basically have chosen the other guy, but they can't get him because, what, his TV contract has to be fulfilled for a couple more weeks? Like, I, I'm of the mind that if you've made a decision that you want to change the coach, then you should just change them because it does nobody any good to have him around, and that's not to suggest Bruce Boudreaux is not a good coach, but to have him around when the team knows he's leaving. Because the team won't respond to him as they already struggle listening to the coach's directions this year in many ways. But the team won't do what they are supposed to do because they know the guy's going out the door. So if you have to let him go and wait on Talkit for contract stuff or whatever, put in a temporary guy for a few weeks and then get Talkit in there. I, I, it's It's unusual and unpleasant for Bruce Boudreaux. I don't feel super bad for him because he is a professional. He still gets paid. It's part of the gig. But it's just, it seems unprofessional. It seems um, just like like a lot of things in Vancouver, just kind of loose and unnecessary yeah. and unhealthy for the room. Like the players will pick up on this. The rest of the league is picking up on this. It all just seems like it's a bad toxic situation culture team right now and that's not what anyone around Vancouver wants it to be and even for Rick Tockett who yes. wants to get back coaching he doesn't want to be like hanging out there while another coach is in limbo there is that mutual respect he has for Bruce Boudreaux as well that he's kind of not his fault but it's kind of getting violated because Bruce Boudreaux is now just a lame duck guy who's getting asked questions like what about your future and he says I'll come as long as they ask me like that is a terrible spot to be in um, for a professional sports team coach. So um, the whole thing just seems way too messy for anyone's liking. The, the talking half of it is very confusing to me, MJ, because you work in media and you, you know the the day-in, day-out grind that it is. You, you see NHL coaches, we hear Sheldon Keith going to the, going to the arena at 
like 6 a.m. some days. That's a serious grind. And Rick Tockett has a pretty sweet gig with TNT. I, and we've had Rick on the show before. He, he's mm-hmm. we're really big fans of him. Why the heck would he want to go to Vancouver? Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, two things. One is that I think there's a passion to being in the battle as opposed to talking about the battle. Right. Right. And there's nothing like nothing better than playing. But the next closest thing to playing is the coaching where you're in it. And it's, you're in you're in the grind. You're in the, and I think he thrives on that. And I think he he thinks he's a good coach, and he wants to challenge himself and prove that. And then I don't know how much TNT is playing. I know they pay the basketball guys a lot, but you know he will make more money as a head coach of an NHL team than he would yeah. working once a week for TNT. There's a financial component to it, but I think it's mostly it's what he is. He's a hockey guy, not a hockey announcer. Uh, but the bigger surprise to me, JT, is that any one of those guys, like like a Rick Tockett, who goes and takes a job or like they all have outs where they're allowed to go back to do their the coaching or the yeah. general managing or like you don't need to wait two months like that's not how these contracts generally work like if someone wanted to come and hire me to be a general manager of an nhl team i don't have to clear with tsn for three months like i just go right like i, I don't like that part is kind of peculiar to me i don't know i don't know the specifics of his contract but generally speaking that tv arrangements well, are understood that you can go back to working in the league uh, that you're covering. Well, we saw this like a month, two months ago in the NFL. Jeff Saturday was up on ESPN NFL Live on the right. Friday talking smack about the Indianapolis Colts. Three days later, here's your Coaching new interim them. head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> right, right, and, and you know we see it all, like Bruce Boudreau, all right, like John Tortorella. He worked with me for two weeks here at NHL Network, and then he got hired in Columbus. He was gone. And Bruce Boudreaux, he worked for, like, three months, and then he was hired by Vancouver, and he was gone. He didn't have to, like, finish out the season or get through the next slate of games. He just left, and as he should. So it is, it is surprising if that is somehow involved in what is taking a little bit of time for talking. Meanwhile, on the other end of the spectrum, you've got uh, their cross-border rivals, the Seattle Kraken. Mm. Everything's kind of coming up Seattle to these days. Um, we saw beat Toronto last week and just kept winning ever since. They've become the first team in league history to sweep a road trip of seven or more games. I mean, is are the Kraken for real, Johnny? How do they keep doing this night in, night out? I asked myself that, like, literally <laughs> that exact question. Am I late to the party? Am I not reading this right? Like, I think they're good. Clearly, um, clearly a very good offensive team, but how good they are defensively remains to be seen. So, and I and I guess I need to see more of that. Now, maybe they're going to score at such a rate that they don't need to be very good defensively because they can score so much, and they really can. Holy smokes! So they they have so many guys going to get what forty, fifty, sixty points. Jared McCann is an absolute stud. Reminds me about our conversations we had about whether they should protect him in the expansion draft, but I don't want to go back there because, remember, he was a Leaf at one point. Yeah, Leaf um, legend. Yes, yeah, but they wanted to protect four defensemen, and so they only protected four forwards, but we digress. But I, I, I think their offense is spectacularly good. Their defense is okay. Their goaltending, Martin Jones does not lose. I think he's 19-5, and 20-5, which Insane. is a crazy record, but he has a save percentage in the 800s. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> that you never lose, but you have an 8, whatever, 892 or 894. Jack Campbell last year. It's Jack Campbell 2.0 from last season. Right. Right. So, but I, yeah, exactly. And maybe that's what it is. Because like, the Leafs were really, really good last year. 
um, with not great goaltending. And maybe Seattle's the same. Um, but they're but like if you look at the West, and I think this is where it's interesting for for all teams, Seattle included. It feels now that there are you could make a case to me that any one of ten teams in the West could win the Western Conference or make the Stanley Cup Final, and I could be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like you could say Edmonton, who's in eighth, or Colorado, who's in tenth, or Calgary, who's in seventh, or Seattle, like. L.A., Vegas, you name it, they all seem to be like, okay, yeah, they could probably get there if they if they get it together. Uh, the West is so wide open that I think it should be interesting going towards the deadline, towards the playoffs. But Seattle, I think I'm late to the party because they probably are better than I'm mentally giving them credit for being. But I love the fact that they're having so much success with an offensive-based mindset, which is always uh, always makes me happy. Yeah, I mean, ranked eleventh in uh, defensively expected goals against on the season. So yeah. that's, that's I mean, that's not bad either. Yeah. No, it's, it's well. Listen, if you're going to be fourth in goals and eleventh in right. goals against, like that's really good. Yeah. Do you trust them? So let's say they finish first, second, third. Do you trust if they play Vegas in the first round? Like, who do you think is going to win? If they play Calgary or Edmonton, like I, I don't know the answer, but do you trust their goaltenders? And when you play better teams. The margins are smaller. The offense gets tighter. You need goaltending more than you do against the rest of the league in the regular season. Right. Um, do you trust Martin Jones or Grubauer in the playoffs? I, I don't yeah. know. And I guess we'll have to wait to see when they get there. Yeah. They're going to get there. They're going to be a fascinating team to watch at the deadline, though. Like, to see mm-hmm. if they push the chips all. I know that there were some reports that they'd be willing to move some of those draft picks to bring in some talent. But do they go really big game hunting, similarly to the way that Vegas ultimately ended up doing in their second, third seasons in the NHL? Right. So Yeah, I, I wonder. I mean, they have the cap space, they have the assets. But if you're talking about forwards, look at their forwards. Like, <laughs> why do you need to change anything? They have one of the best offensives in the league. So, um, you know, careful tinkering too much because they got a good thing going. <laughs> That's true. All right, MJ. We'll uh, we'll let you go, buddy. Appreciate the chat as always. We'll chat again next week. All right, guys. Have a great week. You as well. There he goes, Mike Johnson, TSN hockey analyst. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I'm like my voice is feeling it. Like, or did you I'm have one of those days where you realized you didn't talk until you kind of came to the office? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> but even like. You know, I mean, we're on air, so like, there's somewhat of a projection that we have to have. Yeah. I never, I hadn't had to project yet today. Different level. So we went on air, and I was like, "Oh, this sounds different." You gotta, sounds different. You today. have to have a full. I know you listen to the radio on the way in, but mm-hmm. you got to have a full vocal performance, just so you know That's exactly what, it, what you got in the pipes <laughs> on that specific day. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess I'll have to do that. Um, we're giving away some leave tickets today. We are giving away Leaf tickets to tomorrow's game between the Panthers and the Maple Leafs. The pro line between the benches seats are as close to the action as you can get. You smell the sweat of the players. You hear the rattling of the glass with each hit and celebrate every goal shoulder to shoulder with our hometown team. Here's your chance to win some great seats. We'll announce a keyword later on the show. So you got to keep listening to the show today because we're going to announce a keyword sometime. Actually, I'm not going to tell you when because you're going to keep listening. Ooh. But at some point. Throughout the show, there's going to be a keyword or a phrase, and then we'll give you a cue to call in the second hour. And the 10th caller with the correct answer wins these tickets. So uh, good luck to like, all. This is a Keep big listening. one. Tomorrow night between the benches, usually we tee this up all week. You got week. the Panthers. I know. You got the Panthers coming to town, and 
Matthew Kachuk will be rolling in. Kachuk and Bunting, those two going at each other. I like it. That'll be a lot of you fun. You could be right in the mix there. Right in the mix. Right in the mix. Uh, so, yeah. So make sure you're staying tuned, and we'll uh, we'll let you know when you can call in there. All right, coming up uh, a little bit later, James Myrtle of The Athletic will join us. We also got some What's in the Group chat to get to as well. Uh, I'm Mike DeStefano with Julia Teixeira. You're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Bad news has done it again! Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. I need you to hold. Leasebusters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie, a piece of cake. Welcome back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050 and the iHeartRadio app. Julia Tesheri and Mike DeStefano with you this fine and sunny Monday. Leafs coming off a 4-3 loss to the Boston Bruins at the big scary TD Garden on Saturday night. Practicing right now. We know the Leafs are having one of those little moments the way that essentially every household in Ontario is in the midst of right now where yep. everyone has a little bit of something something going on sniffles, sniffles are going around yeah going around sandine and homeberg are the absent parties today homeberg was at the lineup saturday dealing with that illness whatever it might be bobby mcmahon everybody's like i i swear that i looked at the practice update and i said Jared McCann, who? What the heck is going on? Mc- and then it's written McCann in our lineup as well. So I, I'm 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 out to lunch today when it comes to uh, who actually plays for the Leafs. Is that what I'm looking for? But no, it is Bobby McMahon Bobby. who's getting some reps on the second PP unit. AB. Yeah, I, I'm curious if that's just because Holmberg's out. Who's yeah, I'm sure it playing is. on that one. But I mean, I don't know, like. Bobby McMahon, he's it's only it's an extremely small sample size. Like he didn't end up playing against Boston. So the sample that we do have is is the first game in Nashville and then the game in Detroit. He might have been like the most like one of the it was one of the better players in Detroit. We'll say that. I might say he was the best, but like one of the better forwards. Expected numbers, he was like a ninety nine percent expected goals for in that game. Um I think Keith likes him a lot. Like he's talked about him. You can tell when Keith gets his little faves. He going, does. Eh? He does. He he likes guys. And he, you know, he did step back and say short sample size here, but through the first oh, couple yeah. games, he's impressed me. He's a guy who just plays simple, detailed hockey. He he just he doesn't want to make a mistake, and he doesn't mind going to the dirty areas. Like he uses his size. He's six foot two, two hundred and ten pounds, and he looks like it and plays like it. I think there's some guys who sometimes don't play their size, and it gets under the skin. A lot of Leafs Nation. Bobby McMahon's not one of those guys. He's in there winning puck battles, um, first in on the puck. He uses straight line speed. I've liked what I've seen out of him, and, and I wonder if uh, if if he does get an opportunity to maybe get a chance at a second power play. If you know some more of these illnesses cost some of these guys in the game tomorrow, Holmberg being one of them, obviously, who currently is not at practice. We'll see. I'm assuming game time decision tomorrow. Sandine also uh, not at practice. So um, right now it's Jordy Ben and Connor Timmons as the third pair. Riley with Lilligren and then Gio and Hall as the, uh, you know, at this point, that's just a lock as long as Brody's out at least, that those guys will probably be together. So we talked about it with MJ a little bit, AB, and if you read through our buddy Jonas Siegel's Monday morning leaf report, mm-hmm. uh, we saw... 
Matthews, Marner, Bunting get reunited in the third period of that Leaf game for for a brief moment that was magical and and ultimately got Very them the magical. goal that tied it up. That was so vintage Austin. It feels weird to say vintage Austin because we're in the midst of the heydays with Austin Matthews, even if he's having uh, a bit of a down <laughs> year right now. But that was just peak Austin. Peak is a better word. Peak Austin Matthews um, to tie that game up and and give Leafs Nation some hope. It was a home run of a play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. You like that? Yep. That was good. And <laughs> it led and it has led to some conversations about the potential of reuniting that line. I think it's worth noting, A.B., that that line wasn't split up to get any other line going. That line, when it was split up, was split up because they themselves had yeah. lost whatever spark was just lighting the entire league aflame last year. So that's worth noting. Sheldon Keefe just didn't tear them apart to to be a median to get a different line going. They were taken apart because they didn't look very good to start the season, but they looked pretty good in that third. The weird part is, like, it wasn't even that the, the stats didn't look good. Like, the underlying numbers were, they were winning a lot of their shifts. Right. It just wasn't dropping. And how long can they go with, like, just not seeing that production? So they kind of fiddled with things, and then it was in the midst of Marner's uh, like 24 game point streak and then it, him and Tavares really got off to a great start right when that change up happened and then after they not that they faded but then just you know weren't as productive then that Willie Matthews and Bunting line really started to get going but here the last couple of weeks as Johnny had alluded to it's not that they've been bad they just haven't been as electric as they once were and now I think after seeing them get reunited in Boston, after seeing that that terrific goal, which all three of those guys deserve a lot of credit. Like yep. that was, you know, the, the the little home run swing from Matthews to get the puck down the ice, but the four check to force the turnover to get it to Bunting to Matthews, like that was just a little bit of a, a tic tac toe kind of play, and it was reminiscent to what we saw happen last year, and it's it's like a year ago to the date when we look at that statistic from when. Um, Mitch Marner was the highest point scorer at 5-on-5, five five, and it was like from January 15th through the rest of the season. So 15-16, so almost a year to the date. So now we look at it and we ask ourselves, hmm, that looked pretty good. Should we put them back together again? Is it, is it time? Is the time now to reunite Matthews and Marner? We got a poll question up on Twitter, at least lunch 1050, asking you this very question. I'll see where we're at right now, actually. So we got uh, 52% says yes, 48% says no. So it's it's pretty split right now as to whether or not they should reunite them or keep hmm. them apart. Which is kind of, I thought it would be way more skewed to get these guys back together. But right now, 52% to 48% has them to reunite them. Sheldon Keefe was asked about it post-game, actually, uh, about whether or not this will kind of be something we see happen again in the future. Here's what he had to say on the matter. I mean, to me, it was situational tonight. I just I thought that we needed just a little bit more of a push in the third period. I thought Matthew's line was going real well, even with, with Will there. But I just thought in a game like this here tonight, everything considered, I thought we could use a little extra push. I thought Mitch, you know, might get energized and get a boost, uh, give a boost to the group. And hopefully that group made, made a play for us. You know, in terms of what we'll do going forward, I, I don't know. Let's digest this one first. They've digested. Well, let's break this down, okay? Let's bring out the legal, oh, no. the yellow legal pad and make a little pros and cons list. All okay? I have is my little notebook, A.B., but I'm that, here. That'll work. That'll work. So when you look at putting Matthews and Marner back together, why do you like the idea of that? 
it's overwhelming. Like, it's a, overwhelming for for the, uh, but splitting them up is overwhelming in a different way. It's overwhelming to have two major threats on the same line. The so if you're making a Venn diagram, yeah. that's in the middle. Like that, just either way, the offense is overwhelming. I agree. But the offense is more overwhelming in a concentrated way, having them on the same line, especially now that Mitch Barner's a little bit more of a shooting threat, probably mm. than he was before. I, I feel comfortable saying in the last year he's become more of a shooting threat yep. than he previously was. But uh, and this is the Mike Babcock idea, the idea of having spread the wealth, spread the wealth. So you got Matthews on the ice and then you think you're in for a little bit of a, a, a break and Mitch Marner comes over the boards the following shift. So overwhelming in different ways. Right. So that's on that. So that's on both ends. Yeah. Right. So we realistic, like it's just it's an overwhelming offense. I think when I look at the, the pros of having those guys bat together is we know they could be arguably the most dominant line in hockey, right? Like, to your point, like, that's, that's when they're, they're overwhelming. And they can, they can win so many shifts, wear down an opponent, um, you know, shift after shift, wave after wave, every time they're out there. We saw it happen yep. a year ago, and the magic is there. But when you look at the, 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 the cons is, again, you, you now have a little bit less depth, I guess, because for whatever reason, Willie and Tavares – just haven't re- like they don't click the way that they do when they're on separate lines. And the other thing I didn't realize was that they actually struggle a little bit defensively. Oh yes, very much so. Uh, now that was last year though. So I, I, Willie Reese, Willie's new newfound moment of of being a d- defensive dude. Maybe that looks a little bit different now. Right, and, and you would hope that that's the case, right? You would hope that that allows him to to do that, but it, it definitely changes the coach's. So the the con, I guess, if I look at the con, right now when you are deciding between Austin Matthews, do I put my top line out to guard Austin Matthews and that trio, or do I put it out there to defend against John Tavares, Mitch Marner, and Yarncroft right now? If you put those two together, Matthews and Marner, you make that job a lot easier to if you're, if you're the opposing coach. Yeah. And that's probably the biggest con, I guess you could say, about putting them back together. Right. And just to, and that snowballs, and we've seen it snowball in the playoffs. When that line is comfortably shut down, right. the scoring doesn't come it from anywhere up. else. Mm-hmm. And maybe that looks a little bit different this year with the new characters that they've placed uh, in depth roles. But I don't know. Like, you don't know if Yarncroft comes out in the playoffs and, and is able to get a couple. God forbid Engvall gets one in the postseason or something. You <laughs> hey, know what man. I mean? Engvall had a nice rip the other night. Yeah, he did. Nice little rip for uh, for good old Pierre Engvall. But that, Immediately got the text from my Uncle Craig, just so you know, just to keep boy. it updated. Uncle Craig knows <laughs> best. Um, we've gotten a couple of responses to that tweet as well. Somebody says, other, I like the... I like the keep it, okay, I like it, but keep it in the back pocket type of move. And that was the Babcock move, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he would Kept just kind of, yeah, like we'll load up at some point, which Keith has done that a lot where yeah. it's just, you know, after, he after a power play. He goes with the super line or, every once in a while where he puts JT up yeah, there too at, with at the him end of or a period, Right, at the end of a period where you can double shift somebody and, and really apply that, that pressure wave at their wave at the end there. So, you know, I think that, uh, I, I mean, yeah, maybe it's something he's going to keep in his back pocket. I know in practice today they are split up, so they're not yet put together. But when I look at... Um, the next one, it's uh, this is from Josh. Uh, it says, keep the Matthews-Marner bunting together and try to trade Nylander. 
<laughs> Matt oh, and God. Shen. So, I don't. Why? Why is someone wanting to trade Nylander after what they've seen this year? Value. I maybe? don't know what what that's all about. That one. That one there. But that was another response that we got to this one. But we'll see. I mean, I think going forward, it, it looks as though we're still going to remain apart. But at some point, we do expect for these guys to get reunited and hopefully pick up where they left off a year ago, not back in November where they kind of were sputtering at the time of being separated. Yeah, this is a tough week, too. Like, the Panthers don't probably want to lose many more games this year. Yeah. Like they, I they can imagine, are probably pretty serious about this second half, and they're despite their record thus far this season, they're they're a team that could win any night. Yep. And the Jets, who we joke that we don't talk about enough, but we definitely don't talk about enough because they've had a really, really good season. Like neither of these games this week uh are easy wins. And with beliefs being under the weather, as we're well aware that they are, I'm interested to see if that's something that Keith leans on and adjusts to in game. We know he's he's into that sort of thing. Yeah, it's good chess. Once you know, he he can counter punch with the best of them. Yeah, I think we've come to uh, come to learn and, and appreciate Abel Sheldon and his coaching style. All right, uh, before we go, you have another chance to to win yourselves some Leafs tickets tomorrow night. Uh, the pro line between the benches seats for Leafs and Panthers tomorrow will be available at some point in the next hour, but at some point. In the next segment, we're going to be giving away the keyword and key phrase. Ooh. And the first person to call in with the answer will win themselves some tickets to tomorrow's game. All right. Uh, James Myrtle, still to come in the 1 o'clock hour. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tesheri. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa Prepaid Cards, available for purchase at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tashari. You'll listen to Leafs Lunch as it rolls along here on TSN 1050. Just a reminder, we are still giving away some Leafs tickets today. We will be telling you guys a key word in just a few moments. And then at in the 1 o'clock hour, you're going to have to call in with the answer to that word. And the first person to call in with the right answer will win themselves a pair of tickets to see the Leafs and Panthers tomorrow night. The pro line between the benches seats. So some pretty darn good seats. So you'll want to make sure that you stay tuned into the show today. When we were in break, Julia said maybe the most insane thing I can't I believe that I'm getting flamed for this. I say things 24-7 that I can mm. understand you making fun of me for, but this one is it's a reasonable activity. Okay, so she's sitting here, and I was on board with what she was talking about before. It's, it's a nice sunny day in Toronto. It's gorgeous it's, and sunny. I, I, some which of my I, favorite oh, weather. I love when it's, it's snowy, sun, and sunny. snowy and sunny. Oh, I love that weather. So she drops this this little sentence on me. Oh, I want to go out and do something. Snowshoeing would be fun today. I said cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, ice fishing. My favorite activities, A.B. Okay, but Snowshoeing's you, but awesome. Snowshoeing is very much different from ice fishing. Ice fishing, absolutely. I can get behind you on that one. But you like to, like, you're a snowshoer? 
Well, I don't know if I... I'm, I'm not a competitive snowshoer by but any like means, but I got on, the boots you, on. The rackets, the rackets, basically. You strap on the rackets to your feet and away you go? Yeah, we, we've got lots of trails around my backyard. You can bum around there. My this sister is what was Thunder out. Bay people do for fun. They go snowshoeing. You gotta make good out of the <laughs> You gotta make hay with us uh, when you can. I don't know. Snowshoeing's fun. Can somebody text us and, and defend so, me right now? Snowshoeing so is a good outdoor I, winter activity I've and to get places too like you've ever tried to, to get feed, places you ever had to feed the chickens in the backyard in four feet of snow like you don't want to wait i'll be honest with you <laughs> can't say that's an activity that i've had to do well I'll you don't want to wait through that. the snow you want to be floating on top of it i went i i went snowshoeing i think maybe once in my life in elementary school we went to some, I don't know, conservation place. Can you get me the number? They made us, it's it's back in the Niagara region. I don't even remember what it's called. But they made us strap on some snowshoes and walk around. They made us? Like, I love how you and say it was like, the it was torture. It, it, it's terrible. <laughs> why would I, why I already have winter boots on. Why do I got to go strap on some rackets? Because this keeps you on top it an of exercise. the snow. It's an exercise. No, it's less exercise than Ugh. walking in snow because, like, you're, when you're walking you're in not, snow, you're, like you're sinking up in your the boots. You're sinking in the pow. And then I when you've know. got the snowshoes on, it it distributes your weight. So you so you stay on top of it a little bit. I don't okay. know. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, snowshoeing is fun. You have way more experience than I do in, in this particular. If anyone knows of some trails in the Toronto area. JT wants to go on Saturday. <laughs> I want in. Let I want know. in. So Saturday or Sunday evening plans. Um, speaking of, so I, I was on NHL.com and I saw this, I guess like a little blurb. They have little news icons and it said busiest Monday of the season, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, so it's Martin Luther King Day today, by yeah. the way. And because of that, a lot of our friends down in the States off today, the NHL taking full advantage and... Um, 11 games on tonight on a Monday in the NHL. It's very rare that we have, well, it's actually the busiest Monday slate of the year, and we got hockey all day. It's awesome. It's such a treat. Like, I'm going to go home and buckle up. Talk about snowshoeing. No, I suppose I'll be on the couch. That's right, on the couch. Sabres, Panthers. Nice warm bowl of chili. Kicks off in six minutes. Flyers, Bruins also kicks off in... Six or so minutes. So at least we're getting the Panthers on a night two of a back-to-back tomorrow. Yeah, which is, uh-huh. um, I didn't realize, to be honest, until yeah, I just until had that now. in front of me. So. so there you go. Into that, into that. That could work. Um, another quick piece of news. It appears that uh, Jim Rutherford is, uh, is about to speak with the media, the president of the Vancouver Canucks. I wonder what that could be about. Is this Bruce's music? Again? Well, I don't know because there's there's a couple things going on in Vancouver. There's yes, the whole Bruce Boudreaux thing, the rumors about Rick Tockett, but then there's also the probe about the injury situation and how that was dealt with with Tanner Pearson. Yeah. Okay. So broken so that hand. Be- yeah, broken hand that wasn't. It wasn't dealt with properly is is pretty much the extent to what we know. They're doing an internal investigation as to what happened. So I don't know if is, – is this Brucey's music or is this about that? The problem is uh, The problem is it good. could very much be both. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually it could be both, but neither are good. And, and it wouldn't shock me if they came out with a news – conference that was completely unrelated with some other catastrophic news, just based on the way the Canucks are right now. Bo Horvat out for the season. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Their trade chip would be gone. 
That would be awful. We have a great, one of my favorite listener tweets that we've ever gotten before. Uh-huh. I have to show it to you, though. So you see the picture for context? Yes. Ice fishing in Leafs lunch equals best time. Oh, let's Guys, go. Like, Where? shout out to Maple Hyperington. Where's the ice fishing? I don't know. I just see his Reply ice to fishing. us where you're ice fishing. Let us uh, know where you're at. Um, I wish I was you right now. That looks like a great setup you've got. And let me know the catch of the day. Give me the, the, the type of fish and the weights. I am curious. I'm invested <laughs> I'm investing in this listener's ice fishing today. We do also have one singular text about snowshoeing, and it's simply, snowshoeing sucks. Yeah, thank so you very you much. win this yeah, round. Yeah, I win this round. I win this <laughs> round. Um, all right. I think the time is now to give you guys the keyword and a chance to win a pair of tickets to tomorrow night's game, Leafs and Panthers. It's the pro line between the benches seats for the game. The keyword is Felix the Cat. Felix the Cat. They're taking on the Florida Panthers. I think it makes sense. Felix the Cat. Tremendous goaltender for the Toronto Maple Leafs once upon a time. So, at some point in the next hour, we are going to open up the phone lines and the first person to call in with the correct answer will win themselves these tickets tomorrow night to watch the Leafs and Panthers. All right, uh, we got James Myrtle coming up in the second hour. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Julie Teixeira. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050.